Good morning, this is Angela Schaefers, the host of Your Story Matters radio show. Today we have a special guest, Simon Sinek, and he will be sharing about his book, Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. And he will be sharing his why and hopefully encourage and inspire you to find your why. Good morning, Simon. How are you today? Morning. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And before we get into the book, which is just filled with great information and a lot of inspiration and and stories about how we can get through dealing with creating our own business, living life successfully, and things like that, I would love it if you could tell our audience some of your background. Absolutely. Um, You know, there's not a single thing that I'm doing now in my life that was in any plan or that I even ever imagined. I'm, I'm living proof that, uh, you know, that, that if you're operating without a life plan, things will work out just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also living proof that if you, if, you're, if you feel that you can't do something or that you, 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 you never could imagine getting into doing some of the things that you see other people doing, it's all, it's all crazy nonsense. Um, so I, was, uh, I had a little business. And, you know, I, I was, we did okay. You know, we did very good work. Um, we had very good clients, but it's, it's a lot of hard work trying to come to work today and, and keep that going. And after a few years of doing that, basically what happened was I ran out of energy. I just didn't have the physical energy to do it anymore because the entire business propelled forward, not because of any great systems or processes, but just because of me investing massive amounts of energy every day to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And I ran out. Mm-hmm. And my fourth year in business... I hit rock bottom. I came the closest I've ever come in my entire life to complete depression mm. um, if I wasn't there already. And I remember um, starting to think that my employees didn't respect me anymore. And I started to think that my clients you know, knew that I was a fake. And anyone that I met, anyone that I met, even in new business, even just on the street, dating, it didn't matter. Everyone I met, I thought was smarter than me, and they, everyone intimidated me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is sort of how I started to feel about everything. And I, I, it was just a horrible, and I started to get paranoid. I started to get worried that I was going to just completely go to business and lose everything. And, and this was how I was for months. Mm-hmm. And just by the, the grace of good fortune, I think that there was a, a confluence of events that uh, gave me a gave me a, a path, gave me an out. Um, I had been thinking about previously. I come from the marketing world and why some marketing works and some marketing doesn't. You know, I was always fascinated why how organizations of equal resources have equal access to the same talent, the same agencies, the same media. Why does it work for some more consistently than others? Right. I realized there was a pattern. It was good for you know presentations, and that's it. Sat on the shelf. Um, and I also met a woman by the name of Victoria Hopper who started asking me, do I know how the human brain works? And she was the first one to start telling me about the neocortex and the limbic brain and how the human brain makes decisions and affects our feelings and our behavior. And the more I started to read about the brain, the more I started to realize that the way the human brain works perfectly overlaps with this little idea I had sitting on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled it out again, and it was broken into three levels. Why, how, and what? And what I realized at that moment was I knew what I did. I could tell you what my company did. I could tell you what I did. I could tell you how I did it, how Mm -hmm. I thought I was better or special. But I couldn't tell you why I was doing it. Sure, I wanted to make a living, but, you know, every job does that, right? Mm -hmm. Why was I I putting myself through this? Why did I take the risk in the first place? And I realized I couldn't answer that any longer. 
and that was the piece that I became obsessed with. I became obsessed with trying to understand why I do what I do. And I figured out a way to help people find their why. And it was at that point when I discovered my why, which is to inspire people to do the things that inspire them. And I wake up now every single day completely devoted to my why, completely devoted to this idea of inspiring people to do the things that inspire them. And the fun for me is to figure out all the different ways I can do it, all the different what's, mm-hmm. all the different tangible things I can do to bring that to life, whether I speak, whether I teach, whether I write, whether I do a blog, whether I write a book, whether I do an interview. They're all just different ways for me to share this powerful message that profoundly changed my life. Mm-hmm. What's more... Yeah. I completely stopped talking about what I did and started only talking about what I believed, mm. why I do what I do. Big so when somebody would say to me, totally, so somebody would say to me, what do you do? Which is that, the most dreaded question in the world, right? What do you do? I, I stopped telling people what I did. I stopped saying, oh, I'm a marketing consultant. Like, mm-hmm. who cares? Mm-hmm. What I started talking about was what I believed and started talking about you know, sort of why I love getting out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, more I did that, the more my passion was restored, my energy was restored. I loved getting out of bed every day. I shared the concept with my friends. My friends started making significant life changes, mm-hmm. you know, whether they started businesses or changed jobs or even changed friends. Sometimes you realize you have friends that bring you down, you know? Exactly. And once exactly. you know you're wise, you know, you, you realize that those and they had the confidence to make those changes more importantly, just like I had. Mm-hmm. And then my friends invited me to share this concept with their friends. And so I would go to people's apartments and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just started getting invitations more and more and more to share this idea. And I just started speaking all over the country and then all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is I now get two to four speaking requests per day. And prior to four years ago... The number of paid public speaking I did my entire life was one. Wow, that's amazing. Now, would you say, based on what you just said then, would you say that everything you do throughout your day is always about your why? Meaning you don't even do it. 100%. Okay, that's awesome because I think that's key to what your message is. And I I saw that as your theme throughout the book. I want to go back just a little bit further because you mentioned in your book, and, and this is something that a lot of people ask, where did we get this drive? Because as an entrepreneur and someone who's seen as successful to the world, people always ask, where did you get that? What is it? They think there's some magical thing that they don't have. But you mentioned in your book that you were always the eternal optimist. We're talking about as a child, I think. And you said you were the one who inspired everyone to believe that they could do whatever they wanted, and that was your pattern of why. So can you share a little bit about that? Because that really is crucial, I think, to people understanding how they can find their why. And when they go back and look at those patterns and who they really were foundationally, that is important for them to know. Absolutely. You know, um, every single person has a why. It's not that some have it and some don't. And you know, you don't have two and you don't have three. You have one. Mm-hmm. And you don't have one for work and one for your personal life. You have one. It's who you are. And all of our whys are formed when we're, when we're young. You know, your why is fully formed probably by the time you're 18 or 19. Um, it is the sum result of how your parents raised you, where you were brought up, your teachers, the experiences you had growing up, they formed who you are. Uh, you know, uh, somebody who grows up poor ends up being um, miserly in business 
it's not because they read in a book the importance of being miserly in business. It's because they grew up poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, our life experiences profoundly impact who we are. And so your why comes from your past. And, and the way to find your why is not by looking forwards about what you want to be, but by looking backwards about where you come from. Mm-hmm. And your why is not invented. It is discovered. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, it, it, it is not a, it's not a, it's not a decision of who you want to be. It's who you are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's, and when you understand who you are versus who you want to be, what starts to happen is who you want to be. You don't necessarily have the confidence or the drive the whole time to become that person, but who you are is who you are. And it makes you at peace with both your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so only since discovering my why can I tell you with hard words, what I'm really good at, but I can also tell you what I'm really bad at. Exactly. And so what that allows me to do is uh, find people to help me who, who can uh, compensate for my weaknesses. Um, it also allows me to look for and seek out opportunities that put me in a natural position of strength. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I love working with people. I love, work- I love sharing, right? Mm-hmm. And so... If some big company called me up and said, we're going to pay you $5 million to sit in a room by yourself and develop a curriculum that we will roll out to our entire company because we believe in your message. I'm going to get all excited. They believe in my message. This is an amazing opportunity. And I'm going to go into a room by myself and I'm going to fail. Or the amount of stress that I'll have to go through to achieve probably not such a great um, success is going to go up. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to say to me, I'm going to give them something to be like, well, we were expecting so much more mm-hmm. because I put myself in a position of weakness. Now, because I know this, I can say this is an amazing opportunity. Here's how we're going to do this. L- let me choose a team of six people, then lock us in a room and we'll come up with the curriculum. Mm-hmm. That, I can put myself in a natural position of strength because I know the circumstances that I need to do well. That totally so makes I can, sense. I, I can stack the deck, you know? I, I think it's funny when people say life is unfair, like mm-hmm. that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yes, the goal is to have unfair advantages. This is not a bad thing. And the most important thing to remember is we all have unfair advantages. Someone who's big and strong has an unfair advantage when he's trying out for the football team versus someone who's skinny and weak, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a good thing. And guess who gets on the team? The big, strong guy. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. It makes for a better football team. Exactly. But you pick a guy who, has, who just happens to have an unfair advantage. The smart guy is the one, you know, who, who, who goes to, you know, work for NASA. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so unfair. Yes, it's unfair. And so instead of worrying about the unfair advantages that somebody else has, the question is, learn about the unfair advantages that you have. Mm-hmm. Which totally makes and sense. And that... all have them. all have them. Right, and that leads me to your other part of the book is talking about the left-siders, and I know you have a blog and you do some call-ins. Talk to the audience about a left-sider, what that means to you, and how that all kind of evolved, because I find that very exciting. That's exactly what you're talking about, is seeing our strengths and weaknesses and that acceptance. So regardless of the size of the population you study, you know, populations always sit across a standard deviation, the bell curve, right? Mm -hmm. There's always a small percentage of people who are higher performers. There's always a small percentage of people who are very low performers, and the rest is the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And that's any population, big or small. And it doesn't matter uh, what what you're evaluating. And so what I realized is that 
uh, on one side of the standard deviation of our population are crazy people, right? <laughs> we know this. <laughs> there are crazy people. Some of them become criminals. Some of them are, you know, actually insane, and they're disconnected from reality. They see the world. They see, a, you know, they live in the clouds. They live in a world that other people can't see. But the worst part about it is they're socially dysfunctional, which is why we lock them away or point at them and shun them, right? Mm-hmm. So that means if that population exists, which we know it does, my question is, what's on the other side to balance it off? Mm-hmm. And so what, what, I, what I sort of realize is there's another group of crazy people who also live in the clouds, who also see a world that doesn't exist yet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. who also live in their imaginations. The difference is they're socially functional. And... Um, they're but they're still they're still crazy. Now, if 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 you don't understand what they're saying, you, we still call them crazy, like the weird guy at the office with all the crazy ideas. But once they become successful, we call them we call them geniuses. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. When they're young in their careers, we say they're weird. When mm-hmm. they're you know we say that they, they're misfits. But if they if they capitalize on on that unique ability that they have and they become successful because of it, then we call them authentic. Mm-hmm. We call them innovators. You know, we call them visionaries. Mm-hmm. Well, what's a visionary? It's a see stuff that nobody else can see. In other words, they're crazy. That's what a visionary is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, what, so I started to realize that this group of people. They're uncomfortable in society because they don't fit. They don't belong in the bell. They don't belong to the majority. They're misunderstood. They feel misunderstood. They feel like they don't belong. And so I said, hey, if you're one of these, there's lots of us. Mm-hmm. And, and if you know somebody who might be like this, you know, if you're not one, look after them because sometimes they're their own worst enemies. Right. And, I, and we, there was such an overwhelming positive response from that blog that I wrote called The Left Siders. Mm-hmm that we just decided to start having regular phone calls. Mm-hmm. So approximately a month, we just publish a phone number on my on Twitter and on my Facebook profile, and we say, anybody who wants to join, we're having a left-siders call. Mm-hmm. And people call in from all over the world. Mm-hmm. We don't mute anybody out. Anybody can talk. I don't own the phone call. I sometimes get off the phone call, and they keep talking. Mm-hmm. And... And we share ideas, and everybody is comfortable because we're all misfits and we're all there together. And mm-hmm. it's the most wonderful thing in the world. It's I the can imagine. And I think what I found just from looking at the blog and, and reading the article about it that you wrote, that's a level of acceptance that many people need. And that's really a valuable thing, I think, for others to see that when they can find some acceptance with people similar to them, they can really draw onto their strengths. Well, of course, you know, the most basic human desire on the planet is to feel like we belong. And some people do it along religious lines or, or, or upbringing or race or, or job or, you know, politics. But we want to be surrounded by people who see the world the way we see it. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of the people who sees the world differently, you want to be around the people who see the world differently, too. Exactly. So it's a culture like any other culture. It's a community like any other community. The problem is because it's a minority community because it's it's a it's a thing in your brain it's not it's not some external thing that's easily seen or evaluated mm-hmm. uh, it creates insecurity sometimes and um and, and it, but it's just as important for that community to have a place to go to definitely and in regards to that talk to the audience then about the golden circle because that's another theory that you have which i love and how do you compare the golden circle to the left siders or are they one and the same the the golden circle is not 
unique to the left side of the golden circle is the name I gave to that 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 three level pattern. You know, every single organization on the planet, even our own careers, exist on three levels. What we do, how we do it, why we do it. Everybody knows what they do. Some people know how they do it, the thing that makes you better or special different, or at least things we think we they, that make us better, different, or special. But very few of us can articulate why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. You cannot live a balanced, fulfilled life unless all three of those levels are, in, are, 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 are clear. You have to have clarity of why. You have to know why you do what you do. You have to have discipline of how. In other words, you have to hold yourself accountable to your own values and put yourself in a position of strength. Remember the example I said how one of my hows is I like to work with people I like to share, which means I have to be disciplined mm-hmm. about doing those things. Right? And the third thing is you have to be consistent in what you do. In other words, everything you say and everything you do, everything tangible, has to clearly demonstrate what you believe. Because if the goal is to find people who believe what you believe, no one will know what you believe unless you say and do the things you actually believe. Exactly. This is the concept behind, this is the concept behind being authentic, behind authenticity. Mm-hmm. Everybody always tells you have to be authentic. But no, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. What authenticity means, whether you're an organization or an individual, is that the things you say and the things you do, you actually believe. Because we as a human animal have the ability to read other people. This is the reason the video conference will never replace the business trip. Mm-hmm. You can't get a read for somebody over a video conference. This mm-hmm. is the reason why, you know, even if you go on a million internet dates, you still have to go on the date mm-hmm. before you can decide if you want to date the person. In other words, the physical human interaction is absolutely essential. Um, and that's what authenticity means. That's the importance of it. And the how things does, you say and the things you do. Exactly. And how does that relate to the salary test? Because that is part of your book and, that is really well, interesting. Finish the, the, your first question, which was... Um, how does that relate to the left-siders? It doesn't. Every okay. human being, every organization on the planet um, has a how, ha- has, has, has a why, has hows, and, and does things. Mm-hmm. And, and the left-siders' whys, the way they see the world might be a little different, but, but this, is a, this is unique to all humans. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Not just the left-siders. You asked about the celery test. Yes. And the celery test is a, a metaphor for whether you are living a balanced life, whether you, whether you are obeying your why mm-hmm. um, and making the choices in your life, both personally and career-wise, that keep you in balance, that keep you authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a metaphor. It's the same uh, as if, um, you know, we're constantly asking people for advice, what we should do, how we should do things. We read books, we listen to podcasts, whatever it is. This is good. This is a normal. This is how we, this is normal. This is how we accumulate information and ideas. The question is, which advice, which ideas do you listen to, which do you follow? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the celery test is a metaphor. It's the same as going to a dinner party and somebody says, do you know what you need in your life? You need M&Ms in your life. If, you're not, if you don't have M&Ms in your life, I'm telling you, you're missing opportunity. Mm-hmm. Somebody else gets you rice milk. In this economy, you have to learn about rice milk. Mm-hmm. And somebody else says to you, um, Oreo cookies. I'm telling you, I made millions with Oreo cookies. You've got to get into Oreo cookies. Mm-hmm. Somebody else says you celery. It's all about celery. And so we take all this perfectly good advice from perfectly smart people who can demonstrate great success with all of the advice that they're offering you themselves, and we go to the supermarket, and what do we do? We buy celery and rice milk and Oreos and M&Ms. We buy everything. We spend a lot of time and money at the supermarket, and there's no guarantee that we'll get value out of all of these products. We mm-hmm. might get some value out of it, but who knows? 
And the worst part is when you're standing in line with all your products in your arms, you stand there with your celery and your rice milk and your Oreo and your M&Ms, everyone can see what you believe because you bought everything. That would be inauthentic, right? Exactly. I can't see what you believe because you have everything. You did it all. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine you knew your why. Imagine you knew why you do what you do. Imagine your why only to only be healthy and only do things that protect the health of your body, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get all the same brilliant advice from all the same brilliant people. The difference is... Now, when you go to the supermarket, you only buy celery and you only buy rice milk. Those are the only two products that make sense. You spend less time and less money at the supermarket, so you, there's efficiency. You're guaranteed to get value out of those products. And when you're standing in line at the supermarket with only celery and only rice milk on your hands, people can see what you believe. Somebody can walk past you and say, hey, I'm also healthy. Mm-hmm. We should, you know, do you have any advice? Have you tried this product? Mm-hmm. In other words, you start to attract people who believe what you believe. It's easier for people to find you, and it's easier for people to help put you in a position of strength because you are actually saying and doing the things you actually believe. Here's the best part. Before I even said that we were only going to buy celery and rice milk, everyone knew we were only going to buy celery and rice milk as soon as I said the why. Before exactly. I even said it. Mm-hmm. That's called scale. The ability for other people to understand and make decisions on your behalf that would be the right decisions that you would make before you make them, that's called scale. Mm. And what leadership is, leadership, uh, um, leaders are those who clearly communicate what they believe and others can take it upon themselves to help advance that cause. That's what a leader does. A leader clearly communicates the belief and others who believe in that help advance the cause themselves without the leader needing to be there. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that we're... You want, to, we want, to find, you want to find jobs and vote for people who are run by people who clearly communicate a belief that we align ourselves with so that we get greater fulfillment and we have a purpose and a cause and something to, to champion ourselves. Exactly. And based on that, do you believe that in our own right we're all leaders or have the potential to be? Everyone has the capacity to lead. Everyone has the capacity to lead, and we all do in some respects. You might not be the leader of a company, but you might be the leader of a group of people in your company. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean you have the title. I mean you're the one that reminds everybody to stay focused. Right. You might be uh, a leader in your family. You might be the leader amongst your friends, the one who's always sort of keeping the friends together. And he is. So it's not necessarily a universal, meaning it's not that you are a leader in every aspect of your life. That would mm-hmm. be weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all have the capacity in some aspect of our lives, again, which is when you talk about the unfair advantage, you know, we get ourselves down because we don't have the unfair advantage that somebody else might have. Mm-hmm. So we look at them and go, I wish I could do that. I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'm never going to make it in my life. And then you go home to your family and you have the most amazing family and the mm-hmm. most amazing kids in the world because you're an amazing parent. And that other guy who leaves that company goes home and he's divorced and his kids hate him and he's lonely and he can't get a girlfriend and he has to, you know, like, so who's got the unfair advantage? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. I hear you. So talk to the audience a little bit about some of the other things you do before we wrap up the call because um, I believe you teach, you speak, you write. Is there more? Well, I wrote a book called Start With Why. And the amazing thing for me is it's like it's a, it's a real book, like a real publisher published it. And like you can buy it at Barnes & Noble and like Amazon. It's like it's a real book. And that, yes, you know, the, the reason I, I joke about it is because I never imagined being an author. I never imagined I'd write a book. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking about this stuff 
long before I imagined writing a book, and somebody said, you should write a book, and I said, okay. And I, you know, somebody introduced me to a publisher, and I had a 29-minute meeting with him, and three days later, I had a book deal. I never even wrote a proposal. I never imagined it. Wow, awesome. You know, I, I, now, I now advise members of Congress prior to a few years ago, I never even knew anybody in local politics. Mm-hmm. I now, uh, I was invited to the Pentagon to share this, this stuff with the Chief of Staff and Secretary of the Air Force and, and have had the great honor of speaking to thousands of our men and women in un- uniform at bases across the country and around the world. Mm-hmm. And prior to four years ago, the amount of people I knew in the military was zero. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, everything I'm doing in my life, even this interview, nobody wanted to interview me before, mm-hmm. you know? All of, these, all of this stuff, everything I'm doing now came as a direct result of me seeking and setting out to define my why and then being disciplined about being obsessed with it. I mm-hmm. stopped talking about what I do and I started talking about what I believe and worked to, 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 to remove the parts of my life that were uh, out of balance and find the things that would put me in balance. Mm-hmm. And everything else has just followed. Everything else is just the, what, what happens when, when, you are, when your golden circle is in balance. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. And, and that brings me to a good point that I would love for you to share. What about those times, unless you just absolutely don't have them, where you might be a little discouraged or you might feel like, okay, am I on the right path? Do you have to double check what's going on and all that's happening? I mean, obviously, it's very exciting for you right now. You've had great opportunities and just talked about a lot of them. But are those times, do they creep up on you sometimes? It's question what you're doing. Of course, I'm a human being, you know, of course I'm imperfect, of course I'm a human being, of course I have bad days, you know, Um, the difference is I have vastly fewer of them than I ever used to since Mm -hmm. discovery, number one, and number two, because the people who are around me, both the people I work with and my friends, and by the way, I can't really distinguish between the two because all the people I work with, I consider my friends, Mm -hmm. like, that's great. Why wouldn't I, right? That's not mm-hmm. common sort of values and beliefs. When I have those days or when I act or say things that are inauthentic or out of balance my golden circle, you know, they kick me in the ass. Good. And, okay. uh, and, and, and so those friends are very, very, very important. We're social animals. I can't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest revelations for me when I came out of that, that, that failure, which is when I failed, it's when I was trying to do everything by myself. Mm-hmm. The only reason things are working now is because I know I can't do anything by myself and I have to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm, I'm, that's the reason it works better is because I'm no longer doing it alone. Mm-hmm. And that's great advice because I think that's sometimes where the failure comes into play is when we feel like we have to do it by ourselves and we don't find the right people to surround us. And if you could speak to that just a bit, about finding other people. Now, when you have people work with you and even your friends, because you talked about making sure that everything's balanced, are you specifically looking for those people that know their why? Do you help guide them in that? Or how does that work for you? I mean, it's not like we can just walk up to someone and say, you know, wow, maybe we could work together and work on a project. Are you in balance? Do you have your why? So what do you do with that? Do you ever go to a sporting event and you wear a team jersey Mm -hmm. and you see somebody else Who's you know if you're on you know on the highway or on the subway on your way to the on, to the event and you see somebody else who's got the same jersey and you sort of wave or you wink or you sort of acknowledge that they're like you mm-hmm. how how how? You, how did you know that just because you're wearing the same clothes it's because all the decisions we make in our lives everything we say and everything we do is a piece of communication mm-hmm. and it's telling the outside world something about us that's why you want to live authentically because you want the message that you're sharing with the outside world to be clear about who you actually are. And when you tell people who you actually are, and when they believe what you believe, they will be drawn to you. 
Mm-hmm. And so the more I talk about what I believe, mm-hmm. the more clearly I talk about what I believe, what happens is people who believe what I believe seek me out. Mm-hmm. Whether they write to me, they email me, whether they, they join the blog, whether they go to Y University, whether they just, you know, uh, just this morning I had a meeting with somebody who reached out to us six months ago and he wanted to meet me. Well, mm-hmm. okay, I, I wish I could meet everybody, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And pushed and pushed and pushed and he was showing what, us what he was doing and he didn't just want to meet me, he wanted to help advance the cause. And he has a business that does something that can significantly help grow the message and get it to more people. Mm-hmm. And so he was amazingly patient. We, we, we worked with schedules and six months later we found a breakfast. Well, do you know what's happening tomorrow? I just found out tomorrow he is his wedding reception. Wow. He showed up for breakfast the day before his wedding reception and I'm sitting there going, you're crazy. He goes, I wasn't going to wait another six months. If this was the date that we could do it, this was the date we were going to do it. Wow. And it was the most amazing breakfast because we were philosophically aligned. Mm-hmm. And we could share what we believed. And he was, he, the reason he showed up in my life is simply because I didn't seek him out. Mm-hmm. It's because I stood on a street corner and preached what I believed and preached what I believed and preached what I believed. And people who believe what I believe wanted to show up and say, I want to be a part of that. Not for you, but for myself. You mm-hmm. help me do something that I need to do, and I can help you do something that you need, you need to do. Exactly. And that's how that it should work. That's how it should work, exactly. Very good. Will you share with our listeners um, how they can find out more information in your website address? Absolutely. Um, there's all kinds of different things. Um, you can uh, read my blog, which is just my name, simonsinek.com, S-I-N-E-K, simonsinek.com. And I write regularly about um, ways to apply your why and, and, um, and, and the importance of it. Um, I'm on Twitter, at Simon Sinek. Um, where I regularly post, you know, up to 140 characters of inspiration. <laughs> um, you can go to startwithwhy.com. There um, you can go to Why University where you can actually learn your why. We have a little online course where you can learn your why. Uh, um, and there's also in the upper right-hand corner, you can uh, subscribe to something called Notes to Inspire where every day we'll send you just a little sentence just to remind you. Thank you so much, Simon. And again, anyone who wants to find their why, if you haven't already, uh, go to simonsinek.com. He has so much great information, and there's just a lot that we can all learn from his experiences and from what he's sharing. And that community that he's built is just incredible. I wish you the best in all your endeavors, and I'm sure you'll continue to be very successful with... um, sharing your why and helping others to find theirs. Thank you. Only, only, for peop- only because of people like you who helped me share the message. So I, I am grateful to you. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Simon.